The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Schneider. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, the Brewers have clinched a playoff spot after last season. Saw the playoffs go on without them. They will definitely be back this season. Uh, still, the magic number is one for them to clinch the National League Central. They will hope to do that at home against uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, hopefully this week as they begin a three-game series. Tonight, September 27th, on a, or 26th, rather, on a Tuesday night. We're going to talk about the uh, weird series against the Mar- Marlins because it started with a bang and uh, a lot of runs at a funny moment and then kind of ended in a weird way. But before we get into that, how you doing as we approach the final six games of a regular season that, uh, you know, hopefully features no more drama? I'm doing well. I'm... I think kind of like the Brewers, I'm ready for it to be over now that the playoff spot is clinched. Let's get to the playoffs. Just need to clinch that uh, division title, which really, it is clinched. I mean, the Brewers are not losing their final six games. The Cubs are not winning their final six games. Um, So I feel like possibly some of that is in the Brewers' mind, but they should get it out of their mind and just, just go and get it done. But yeah, other than that, I am now very much in. That's great. I've really enjoyed the season. 
I think the team is good and in a good place. Let's get to it. Let's let's get the real stuff on. For the first time in the, the history of our podcast, we actually get to talk about playoff baseball happening as opposed to, you know, imagining what playoff baseball might be like. Yeah, for many portions of last season, we thought we were going to have that uh, in our lives, but it didn't happen. But now that's not a worry anymore. Uh, with a 16-1 win on a Friday night uh, in Miami, the Brewers went out and uh, put any of those fears to bed. Obviously, their uh, uh, surge in performances coincided with the Cubs taking a step back and uh, falling out of the NL Central race, still locked in an, in a wild card race. The Diamondbacks, Marlins, Cubs, and Reds seem to be fairly locked, uh, firmly locked into that with the Cubs and Marlins and Diamondbacks being a, a step ahead. The uh, Giants have taken a step back. I believe they're under 500 now. Um, uh, the Padres is obviously probably out of the race. So, yeah, the playoff picture is coming into into focus. Uh, one thing that I did want to talk about is um, I'm looking at a schedule to make sure I'm right. But uh, the playoff race is over. Or, I mean, excuse me, the minor league season is over. So the Nashville Sounds um, are done playing baseball. Garrett Mitchell, obviously a name that we've talked about a bunch as, as someone uh, that could potentially come back into this team. Um, Joey Weimer was obviously optioned uh, a few weeks ago as well. Uh, Mitchell got 32 at bats with Nashville, uh, 188 average, 257 OBP um, for a 507 OPS in those 32 at bats. Obviously not a uh, large sample of data there to go on. And uh, I guess what would be more, much more valuable to know about Mitchell is how he felt on assignment and how he feels going forward. So I guess I'll put it to you. I didn't warn you that I was going to ask about that. Um, but should the Brewers add Garrett Mitchell to the to the roster for this final week of the season and see what he's got, especially as these games become essentially meaningless after they clinch? Uh, I say yes. I am curious as to just if there are any moves around what who who ends up missing out we've talked a whole lot about the brian anderson of it all and his place in the roster um blake perkins has had some nice moments i remain you know pretty unconvinced overall on blake perkins um i saw adam McAlvey tweeting about this yesterday and uh he was essentially saying although no plans are being confirmed there's nothing to suggest that Garrett mitchell won't be in milwaukee today um, four hits in his final 10 at-bats, I guess, is encouraging. Um, as you said, the small sample, you don't want to take too much from and the numbers overall aren't very good. But the fact that it is trending to a better place as he got some at-bats in, as he got some reps in, that seems pretty positive. He was stealing some bases. He had a triple, so all of the fun Garrett Mitchell speed stuff is there. Um, and that in its own right might just make him worthwhile as having in the mix and if it does click and he he feels good and back to himself he will be a massive asset um come playoff time and if it doesn't i don't know i mean i think you've got some guys who are on the roster at the moment that just don't really factor in very much and yeah probably shouldn't factor in so i'd say yeah let's let's get him up and let's see what he's got over the final six games too and decisions can be made but it seems pretty logical 
Um, and if it's, I, I haven't actually seen how Weimer finished out. I don't know if he picked up any more homers. Did anything else nice to uh, follow on from what we talked about last? But I, I do think at least one of those guys should be there, and Mitchell is probably the front runner. Yeah, I want to see him. I miss him. Uh, I just want to see him back in that dugout, roaming the outfield, wherever he may be. Um, I was trying to get the numbers on Weimer here, but with these websites uh, for minor league baseball are just not great. Um, so for the season, Weimer had 19 at bats, two hits in those 19 at bats, the Homer, uh, three RBI. So it sounds like things did not go very well for, for Weimer. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Mitchell kind of the, the most, uh, pressing roster decision and and really i guess uh the big question mark going into the final week of the season we know aaron ashby is not going to make his return to the brewers until next season so that's not a question mark um i don't think we have any other tidbits to chat about we don't have any additional stadium news uh no brewers have started dating famous pop stars that have been featured on camera relentlessly during a game so we don't have that Thank to talk about God for that i mean maybe we'd get a boost of downloads but it wouldn't be worth it for the you know the down the downhill side of that curve which seems to come around pretty often i mean the other yeah. thing wasn't it the first game against the marlins was when yelly finally returned to the lineup yeah um, and he celebrated it in quite some style against his former team. We'll get into that. But that was good to see. It's good to see Ellie back playing. Um but now it's a little a little quieter on on the the news front overall as it really is kind of all eyes just looking towards the postseason. One thing that was loud was the second inning of that game against the the Marlins, Adam, um which brings us to Friday's game. Corbin Burns on the mound for the Brewers against uh, a bullpen game for the Marlins. JT Chargois uh, gets things going and uh, did not go well for sure did for get Miami. Things done. Uh, Brewers scored twelve runs in the second inning. The first two coming on a Josh Donaldson homer to make it two nothing in the second. William Contreras singles to score Blake Perkins that makes it three nothing. Carlos Santana doubles to score Yelich that makes it four nothing. Mark Canna doubles to score Contreras and Santana makes it six nothing. Freelich singles to center uh, to score Canna. Uh, Freelich advances to second on the throw, makes it seven nothing. Josh Donaldson comes back around to the plate, ground out to the shortstop, scores Freelich. Uh, Bryce Terang singles to score William Adamas. Blake Perkins doubles to score Bryce Terang. Christian Yelich then, as you mentioned, the exclamation point twelve nothing in the second inning. Uh, I was. Going to see stop making sense during the start of this game. So, you know, a joyous occasion of watching the best concert film of all time. And then I come out to an absolute onslaught of runs. Uh it looks it looks like a typo when you see it in the box score. Like it, that's I'm a crazy inning that uh led everyone in the ballpark, everyone in Milwaukee, everyone watching the Brewers far and wide that today was the day uh the playoffs would be clinched. Yeah, I did get to message you knowing that you it was a very rare occasion for you not only to not be locked in, but to not be watching on your phone or something and be like, hey, Andrew, the Brewers are 12 runs in the second inning. Um, 
I, I think it's fun. I think the Brewers should score like double digits runs more often, but it's even better when you just go and get them all in an inning, an early inning. I do have to say, and we'll get into it more for as we continue for the rest of the series. I mean, the thing at this point, too, I was getting I was getting a little bit greedy on Joe. I was going, mm, I wonder how many wins the Brewers could finish this season with. Because when a bullpen day starts like this and you're just torching true guys, they're not getting out of innings, you're like, this, it's the first game of a series. We can ruin their bullpen for the series and go and take all three of these games. Um, things didn't quite turn out like that. But great to see the Brewers really, really inflict some heavy damage on the Marlins. And it's the kind of play, it's the kind of inning, although pushed to its very extreme, that we have seen some more of lately. And we know this team now has in them. Um, Carl Santana has helped, I think, quite a lot in that regard. We've seen Marcana deliver to help towards that. Contreras has always been steady in that regard. Yelly, likewise, is a very good season in helping the Brewers put together big innings just a lot of fun and if you're gonna clinch the postseason spot i can't think of a a better way to go out and do it um other than maybe if this had been at am fan with all those runs pouring in in front of brewers fans 15 batters to the plate in the inning 12 runs nine hits one by every player uh obviously a season high in runs for an inning Council said, I've never seen anything like it. It was just one of those innings that everybody did something. Getting to the third reliever by the 11th batter, that's well done. Yeah, I'll say so. That's uh, that's pretty well done there, Craig. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, Corbin Burns just kind of coasted. Wasn't as sharpest, but wasn't terrible. And obviously, given the large lead, no reason to push him beyond where he was in that game. So five innings, two hits, two walks, six strikeouts. So just kind of playing out the string. Like you said uh, earlier, offline, Trevor McGill throws a, a scoreless inning where he got himself into trouble and got his way out of it. Three walks in the inning, but doesn't allow a run. Uh, Brewers had another run in the fifth on a Carlos Santana single, which scored Yelich. Uh, and then Yelich, with the, the final exclamation point of the day for him, a homer in the sixth, makes it 16 nothing at that point. Christian Yelich with a triumphant return after missing 12 of the last 13 games, goes three for four with four runs scored. Five RBI and two homers, a walk. Just stellar day um, for Christian Yelich against his former team. The uh, Marlins will get their lone run in the eighth uh, off of Bryce Wilson on a John Bertie uh, solo homer. And then, um, again, the next triumphant moment of the day for the Brewers is the man on the mound when they would clinch their spot in the 2023 playoff was none other than first baseman Rowdy Telez coming in there, just high leverage lefty, uh, allows a leadoff single, then strikes out Jesus Sanchez, gets a Garrett Hampson uh, fly out, and then a pop out to first to finish the game. Rowdy faces four batters, does not allow a run, records a strikeout, uh, and then provided just some electric post-game interviews uh, with the the bravado, or bravado, I don't know what bravado is, um, the bravado and sarcasm uh, that we, we would uh, expect from Rowdy Tlaz. He joked, uh, Cy Young candidate now, I think was the first thing uh, he said. Uh, Pat Murphy said, if I walk somebody, I owed him 50 bucks. So I was like, Vic, sit on the corners and watch Maddox work. You, you, you just can't do any better than that. And uh, he did get an assist from the umpire and not handing over that 50 bucks because the strikeout was a walk and the umpire lost count. 
So that worked uh, worked out quite nicely. What I, what we were talking about though, just before we start recording, I mean, one obviously this is incredibly fun, and really not just Brewers fans, but the whole baseball world seemed to have a lot of fun with this and with Rowdy's uh, post game interview um, in the the couple of days since. But for some of the slowest pitches that a pro ball players have ever had to face. He could locate, you know, that's you got to give him credit. He was really he what he said to Victor Caratini was not a joke. Andrew it was not a lie. He was finding the corners. He's just painting them in there. Um, Just a great, great moment. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. There is not a lot that it's more fun and exciting. Um, to, Particularly in a game like this, it's like this is so necessary for baseball to find ways to inject some life and excitement into a game that's this much of a blowout position players pitching is just perfect for it because everyone is like engaged and laughing including always and it it struck me um in this case but it kind of always does um who was it he struck out again was uh, Jesus Sanchez it was Jesus Sanchez Jesus Sanchez was laughing after striking out, uh, which is all you can do. We've seen this before in these kind of situations. It is one of those things where guys go up there and, yeah, they're swinging for the fences just a little bit harder, uh, in part because I think they feel they should. And maybe if you're going to strike out, you want to at least look like you were trying to hit a homer. You know, you weren't... You weren't going up there and just being made to look even worse by a position player. But I just, I find it so much fun. And of course, for me, the fact that it was Rowdy who delivered this moment. And the fact that, like, have the Brewers, I'm trying to think of position players pitching this season. Um, I know we've gotten some. I think Caratini uh, had Caratini some innings, did, yeah. I don't know I can't if there's remember anyone it. other than Caratini. Um, Brasso, okay, that was this season too, that Brasso got three appearances. And of, unfortunately, what was once, you know, shut down work from Mike Brasso, he had a 386 ERA this year. So, you know, just regressing to, to the mean, just another reliever. Um, but yeah, as Rowdy was telling, I believe, Wade Miley off uh, camera in that post-game interview, that his whip is better than Wade Miley's, and yeah, I mean it's it's done great for him. I I saw clips of him joking too that it's helped his his WAR overall. Um, so a bad season for Rowdy, and some really like genuinely gruesome elements in terms of his injuries. Um, kind of fun to see him go out and get his first his first MLBK and seal playoff spot for the Brewers. And the one thing that actually in that post-game interview is one of the few serious things. Sophia Minard asked the question about, you know, what is it like to get there? And he he did blame himself for the Brewers not making the playoffs last year and was kind of wearing that. Which That's not the first time I've heard him say that. And I don't know on that. I don't know if that was the best thing for him to bring into this season and then maybe contribute something because he did 
he did fall off dramatically late in the season, but the extent to which he carried last year's Brewers for a long, long time, uh, I don't think I'd pin the Brewers missing the playoffs last year on Rowdy. But a very fun moment and a very fun game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Shout out to Wade Miley for either willingly or unwillingly letting him uh, use his glove so he didn't have to go out there with the first baseman commit. Yeah, Dirty had a choice. Uh, you know, it sounded like Rowdy was just going through lockers being like, do I want to use Hobies? Do I want to use Wades? I don't know. Um, he also made a joke on foul territory with Eric Kratz, AJ Przinsky, and Scott Braun. Is that the guy's name? Um, I think it is that he had considered uh, getting Jesus Sanchez a gift certificate to a local batting cage uh, as a gift after the game, <laughs> um, which, you know, uh, he may need to go in the slow pitch softball setting if it's going to prepare him for uh, – any more position players pitching, but yeah, a fun, a fun Friday night. Uh, on camera, they did not celebrate like you would traditionally celebrate a division, uh, title. Uh, seemed to be just a champagne toast. Craig giving a speech, um, and some some of the also post game comments that you see, um, from Craig is they really attribute that Dodger series to kicking them into gear. Um, you know, it kicked us into gear too, Adam, as we recorded in the, the middle of the night, uh, in the early morning for you. And then now we, we find ourselves ready to go for the playoffs. So, you know, I can really relate to the sentiment that he shared there. Maybe we inspired them because there's a lot of, there's a lot of referring back to that, but actually 
it could be something we get a, an actual look at after the season. It's more the kind of thing though that you uh you go in a World Series and there'll be all these all these articles written about you know what what was said, what happened after that Dodgers series, but every everyone including us has kind of pointed to it because it's just obvious in looking at the schedule, but we don't. Craig still didn't give any real clarity as to what they felt switched. It's just like, oh, it just started working after that seems to be it. But maybe it's that they found out like you know, you were recording at 2 a.m. I was recording at, or it was like you were 1 a.m. me at 6 a.m. And they're like, that's, that's commitment. That's inspiring stuff. We need to match that energy. Yeah, they were like, these sad old men were just uh, talking about baseball in the middle of the night with bags under their eyes and tears in in those eyes we need to turn it around uh it reminds me of like uh the cubs world series team where they had the rain delay in the game against cleveland and afterwards when they came out and won everyone's talking about the speech jason hayward gave uh to fire up the boys and you know that pretty much gave him just like a free pass for just being absolutely terrible as the chicago cub the rest of his career so uh not that that would apply to any brewer, depending on who, you know, gave the real big rah-rah speech post uh, that Dodger series. But to your point, that is the the moment where if they go out and have a deep run, they're going to be like, when when so-and-so said this after L.A., it changed everything. We'll get that in the documentary. Who who do you think that would be on this team? Because I, I do feel they are somewhat lacking in kind of rah-rah kind of over the top bravado or like it's I, Wait, I know there guys is that do you think so i don't know if miley is i, I think i think it'd be Miley's a very more the quiet leader he so when he speaks people listen in that kind of way that's what i'm imagining very measured not raising his tone of voice at all or maybe is raising his tone of voice and it's surprising people when they're like oh if wade's talking like this uh wade maybe maybe rowdy he, I mean, obviously his his role is less than it was in years past, but he's a guy that likes to talk. Um, he called Bill uh, a wild card on the uh, foul territory episode as well. Uh, used the wild Bill moniker. Uh, you know, maybe a new guy coming in and firing up the boys. Who well, knows? I could I could see that. I just I wonder, like guys like Contreras and Willie, and we've actually heard both of them shouted out by their teammates for their leadership. Willie, too. Willie, yeah. But they, they're kind of always doing that. Like, they're the on-field guys doing that. So if they do that in the clubhouse, does it really land in the same way? I I don't know if I think it was Wade, but I'm I'm with your thinking that I, if there was something like that, it's probably got to be someone where people are like, oh, that guy is talking. Um, Woody also would be in that category, I feel like. Yeah, that's that's a good call, too. We'll find out in time. Uh, Listen, after yeah. after the parade, you know, they can tell us all about it. Game two of this series uh, did not go as well, but the, the Brewers did show fight. Um, Brandon Woodruff on the mound against Jesus Lazardo, and, you know, blip on the radar outing for Woody. I uh, had to get one of them out of the way before the playoff starts. Uh, with Luis Arise and Josh Bell on base, he allows a first-inning homer to Jake Berger, makes it 3 nothing. Marlins. Uh, in the fourth, a Fortes sack fly uh, scores De La Cruz to make it 4 nothing. Woodruff goes 5 innings, 6 hits, 4 runs, all earned, 2 walks, 6 strikeouts, the homer to Berger. And like we said, in the 6th, f- the, the Brewers begin to fight back. Uh, a William Contreras infield single scores Blake Perkins 
uh, and puts two runners still on base. Carlos Santana slugs a homer to center to tie the game at four to four. Uh, then in the eighth, uh, one thing that's probably the most concerning thing going into the playoffs is we've talked so much about the workload for guys like Elvis Pagaro and Yariel Piamps specifically. Pagaro on the IL, obviously. Don't know if he's going to factor in the playoff roster. We have to wait on that. Haven't seen anything um, else come out on that and kind of wouldn't expect to until you know we get closer to the end of the season. Uh, but Piamps comes in, starts the inning by walking Jake Berger. Garrett Hampson runs for Berger. Allows a Dela Cruz single to put runners on the corners with no outs. Comes back and gets Jesus Sanchez to strike out swinging. And then a wild pitch uh, scores Garrett Hampson. Makes it 5-4. Uh, gets a fielder's choice. Then walks Fortes. Andrew Chafin has to come in to retire Luis Arise on a flyout to end the inning. Marlins take a 5-4 lead. Um, Brewers unable to get anything going in the ninth. Game ends uh, via back-to-back strikeouts of Tyron Taylor and Christian Yelich. But uh, Piamps comes in once again and looks like a guy struggling to find it. Um, as we mentioned in the last episode, he had had an, a string of appearances uh, allowing a hit in 13 straight outings. And uh, game is lost on a wild pitch in Miami. I really thought when um, Santana homer to tie the game up, I was like, God, this team is just this team is something else. They're just gonna go and they're gonna take care of it tonight. They're gonna clinch the division. The celebrations can really ramp up now. And yeah, I just couldn't get that one extra run. And Joel Piams is a problem. And he's been so so good all season. I started the season. Uh regular listeners might remember I was skeptical. It just he wasn't passing the eye test for me. I was like, this is gonna go wrong. This is gonna go wrong one of these days, and it just hasn't. And I wouldn't even come close to characterizing what we're seeing as that now. It is just his workload is so far beyond what he's ever had to do before. And he's feeling it. And obviously that got to Piguero in a different way with his injury. I really, really hope Piguero is back. Uh, I think it would be hard to, to overstate just how essential that might be to the Brewers' hopes of... I mean, winning even a single series in the playoffs, because I think if you don't have Piamps pitching well and Baguero is unavailable, you're really going to find yourself closer to looking at guys like Woody, Corbin, Freddie, having to go seven and eight to really put you in positions to win. Um, So that is that is a real concern. And it's kind of, I guess there's a snowball effect to that too, because maybe you just give Piam some time off and try to get him rested up and ready to go. But Piguero's injury hasn't helped in that regard either. It's tough. It's really, really tough. And someone like Hobie Milner has a very significant workload this season. And Craig still has a very kind of clearly defined idea of where he pitches. Um, Abner Ribe is still getting it done, but He's having to work very hard too, and he's a rookie. So that's uh, as much as the bullpen has been fantastic all season. There are probably the biggest questions of anywhere on the roster do surround that group um, as we approach the playoffs. And also, like, I feel like David Williams never pitches anymore. He just never, never pitches. Um, maybe that's good and that he'll be nicely rested, but I would like to see him pitch occasionally because. He's probably getting a little on the rusty side. 
yeah, it's uh, it's the nature of the game. It seems like is year to year. How does your bullpen shake out, and where is it by the time it gets to the postseason? Because I remember that the Braves World Series year, I feel like their bullpen was terrible during, or not terrible, but bad during the regular season, and then a bunch of guys they just lock in for the playoffs and they're dominant. And that aspect of playoff baseball is one that's going to be very interesting to watch because you've got these guys who have been so good all year and now look tired, but who knows, maybe a clinch today and a week off does wonders for a lot of these guys and they come out firing their best stuff again. Uh, Just something we'll have to see. But yeah, I'm very concerned about Elvis not coming back. I'm very uh, concerned about uh, Piamps looking like he's, he's lost something or looking like he needs a break. It's, tough to watch out there at times, but obviously he's, he's still not having like huge blow up innings like we would see from like Taylor Rogers or Matt Bush. So that is at least giving me a little optimism, but it is something to monitor. He's just getting in trouble. It feels like right away. So he's never really giving himself a chance to go and have the kind of reset outing. That's going to get him, you know, get him right again, get him on the right path. It's like he's going out and he's, he's walking, the first battery faces kind of thing and then immediately okay this is now a much higher leverage situation than it was a couple of minutes ago and he's a guy who is still being put in for high leverage situations so yeah i don't know that's tough all around maybe he's someone who would benefit from taking him out of the eight for the time being and maybe talk to him be like you are still our guy this is what we want but we want you to just take a breath and reset over these final two series Anytime you go out there, just go be what you've been all season. Be all plants and see how that goes. Because I don't think you're helping them to, you know, right the ship by being like, oh, hey, it's uh, 4-4 in the 8 and we have a chance to clinch the division. We know you don't have it. Go out there and, you know, get the celebration started. Like, that's what they're doing. That's a tough spot for them. And I get you don't have a whole bunch of great options to go otherwise, but maybe thinking kind of a week, 10 days down the line here, moving them out of the eight for a little while could help if you could get them just two nice clean innings before the playoffs. I think that would be great. That might be all he needs. Yeah, more and more and more. It's becoming clear, though, and we've known this for a few weeks, but Admiral Uribe is going to be a very important uh, player for the Brewers in these playoffs and probably be asked to do a lot of high leverage work and possibly be a guy that gets you out of trouble just considering the stuff he has and Craig being like, who's the guy that can come in and get back-to-back strikeouts to get me out of a jam? It's maybe Admiral. Maybe we'll see a lot of multiple inning Devin in the playoffs, to your point about him being pretty rested, like comes in with two outs in an inning to get out of a jam, pitches the rest of the next inning or whatever it may be. All hands on deck when we get to a playoff game. Um, Final game of this series, uh, Freddie Peralta on the mound against Edward Cabrera, and not Freddie Peralta's best day. We had the three aces going into this series, and uh, none of them were dominant. Uh, John Birdie starts things off in the second with a a solo homer to make it one-nothing. Uh, Josh Bell homers in the third to make it two nothing. Dela Cruz single in the third makes it four nothing. Jake Berger and Jazz Chisholm scored 
Uh, Friday goes three innings pitch, nine hits, four runs, all earned, no walks, four strikeouts, the two homers allowed. Uh, Tyron Taylor gets one back in the fifth with an RBI single that scored Bryce Terang. That was a, a nice manufactured run. Bryce Terang gets on base, swipes second, and Tyron Taylor drives him in. Uh, John Purdy, another homer in the fifth, makes it six to one. Uh, or excuse me. Yeah, two run homer, sorry, in the fifth to make it six to one. Uh Julio Tehran came on and <laughs> provided some uh some bulk relief work. Three innings pitch, six hits, two runs. They were both earned, two walks, two strikeouts. JB Bukowskis came in and provided uh two scoreless innings, got himself into trouble in the second one, but got out of it. Uh two hits, no runs, no walks, one strikeout. Edward Cabrera for the Marlins. Uh decent work, five innings pitch, five hits, one run, it was earned, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh the Marlins bullpen. Uh, shuts down the Brewers from there. They get scoreless work from Matt Moore, who uh, is an interesting story. Uh, was an Angel, then is then a Guardian, now a Marlin. And I don't think he's eligible for the playoff roster because of when they got him after that uh, September first deadline. Uh, one of the Angels that has just been scattered to the wind. Uh, as as that happened, uh, David Robertson gives him a scoreless inning. Um. Andrew Nardi gives them a scoreless inning. And then uh, Tanner Scott, is it, comes in and strikes out the side in the ninth to end the game. 6-1 Marlins win. Just kind of a, a Sunday game that felt like, you know what, let's go clinch the Central at home. Yeah. Um, when you've got 133 pitches to get through six innings, which is what Freddie Peralta and Julio Tehran combined for, it's probably not going to do it. Um, and the offense didn't really come to play. What what do we think of J.B. Bukowskis? Because I know this has kind of been a thing of yours for a while of how about we actually have a look at this guy? I mean, he is not at high leverage spots, but he is actually pitching pretty well. Like, he's done well so far. Um, where does that... With some bullpen uncertainty, is it's just it it's too little to trust in, right? I mean, that's that's ultimately the thing. But it, maybe he is someone you could have trusted, and they could have gone to him earlier on the multiple occasions in the season where they actually had him up and could have could have taken a look at what he could offer. But it's it's just interesting that he is kind of being pretty tidy, getting through his work at a point where there are bullpen questions, but it just feels like it's too late for him to be able to string enough together that it feels real and believable. I wanted proof of life. I got proof of life. I know that he's allowed to pitch in baseball games. That's, you know, that's what I was looking for. I've liked a lot of what I've seen. Some of it is like, yeah, you know, he got, got into trouble in that second inning. I really thought he was going to give up some runs there. He wiggled his way out of it. I want to see a lot of J.B. Bukowskis after it's clinched and just, you know, go out there and have at it, buddy. Just like eat up some innings. Give, get hey, some J.B. Guys some and breaks. Rowdy. That's what we're going to see a lot of. Yeah, uh, the piggyback uh, JB Rowdy start is something I'm really looking forward to against <laughs> the Cardinals on Thursday. Uh, nice afternoon game. That should be fun. You know, uh, it's uh, it's nice to see. Because for a while, I just thought like there was an MLB rule that he, he could only be rostered. He could not be entered into a baseball game. So uh, just, uh, yeah, l- let him... Uh, if he pitches a lot innings. between between now and the end of the regular season and he's not giving up runs. Are you thinking about it even? Thinking about how he could factor in? I would have to do some roster math 
see who I know, would be that's, the odd man out. Tight crunch. And I guess it, the reality of that is it would also be very heavily dependent on Pagero. Um, if Pagero is actually back or not. But like I'm not to the point over this small sample and his overall MLB career and minor league career at large where I'm gonna be like, give him the seventh at a playoff no, game or something. No, but no, but but the Brewers might be in a spot where they're having to work something out bullpen wise and make some decisions. He just could he could be someone who makes a really well timed run, and if they were to make that take that gamble like it could backfire spectacularly it's it's a really it's a tough one where it's it is again to give you credit because you had been asked the question previously of is he allowed to pitch if they had seen earlier and he pitched well on those occasions and maybe you stick around maybe he can pitch and maybe you should want him as part of a playoff roster but i just don't know if we'll get enough to believe it yeah my optimism on him is where i i don't think he's a JC Mejia or well, like I a Javi or a Javi <laughs> Guerra. Clayton Andrews. Uh, or a Clayton Andrews. He's definitely not a Clayton Andrews. That was the that was the one for one that was just blowing my mind. I was like I, I'm watching both of these guys pitch. Why is this the one you, you you've brought up a second time? I don't get it. Um Yeah, you know, these are these are the tough the tough conversations we have to have with the injury to Pagero and uh, Pyamp's looking tired. I mean, the other question is a guy who pitched well in this series, Adam, Andrew Chafin, what do we make of uh, what he's going to be? I mean, big two series coming up for him. Keep it going. And I do think for better and for worse, they will, they will believe in him and they will back him over a lot of the other alternatives. And wouldn't it be great if he just worked out and the Brewers helped him work through all the things that were broken and he shows up in the postseason and he's all of a sudden a lockdown reliever? That sounds fantastic. It also sounds like a fantasy right now to me. Like, I'm struggling with it. And even if we've seen him pitch really well in his final few appearances leading into the postseason, if we get to, like, game one of the playoffs and it's a close game and we see Andrew Chafin coming into pitch... I think we'll all be just losing our mind. I think that's going to be too much for anyone's heart to take. Oh, I yeah, I agree. I mean, and he might he might be up to it, like it, maybe. But we also <laughs> it, we are particularly burned we... by last year, as we've talked about a lot with this. Like we saw spells where like Taylor Rogers, who clearly has like great stuff and at times could be great. We're like, oh, look, he looks like Taylor Rogers now. And then what happens? Or Matt Bush just goes out there like absolutely no kind of, not even a second thought. He just powers through an inning, um, tree up, tree down. Or like, oh, God, well, I guess that's, that is what you got to see in the guy. And then the next time he comes in, it'll be like Homer, Homer, Homer. I that we're burned by that there's there's no doubt about it chafin certainly didn't endear himself with fantastic stuff to start with again things might just break his way though that we're gonna see him in important spots and if that is the case i will say i would rather he finishes the season like this i just still am not gonna feel great about it in the moment when it's the season's on the line or something and andrew chafin's in the game yeah it's like driving past a place where you had like a car accident the year before and there's still just some trauma about seeing that tree over there in the corner it's not the tree's fault but it's just like i know too much about that tree and and that's that's how i feel about 
midseason relief acquisitions. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brewers lose two out of three to the Marlins. Still uh, have one game left to win or see the Cubs lose before they clinch the Central. But as Craig said in the postgame, no reason to be disappointed. They're in a good spot. Um, time to go clinch it at home. Wade Miley on the mound tonight, I think. Uh, I'll, I'll do some marketing right now. If you're, you got nothing to do on a Tuesday night, go watch some baseball, folks. You're you're incorrect. Adrian Hauser's on the mound tonight. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, I, feel, I feel less good about it. I don't know. I wanted, I... To, I wa- I wanted to see Wade. I just I mean, wanted, Ma- I wanted Miley's against Michaelis tomorrow. Michaelis? Uh, yeah. Michaelis? Miles Miles Michaelis. That's not what I'd Um I I Hauser could get it done. We've seen good Hauser, we've seen bad Hauser. Um and I think Hauser is well suited to pitching the day after an off day when the bullpen have had a day off. If it if it isn't great and you've you've gotta kind of pick up some of the slack. I think it gets done at the first time of asking against the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals have had their fun. They've gotten that Adam Wainwright, um, you know, old man lifts a car off of his wife because uh, he gets that last burst of strength one more time in like a, a traumatic situation. Uh, lifts the car off his wife? Is that... Yeah, like they've had had an accident. She's pinned uh, beneath she's the tree that I was talking car. about earlier. Oh, and the he just tree lifts the would car. make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen? Right. We've seen. You've seen signs. It's not as bad as that situation, but like you know, they need to. There's gas leaking out by the car. There might be a fire starting, and he just has that burst of strength, lifts the car. She's able to get out, and uh, and then he passes out, um, because he's gotten his 200th win. That's what Adam Wainwright did at Bush Stadium last week. Do one question on this, because obviously the Brewers stuck to their regular rotation, and it's going to mean that Burns, Woody, and Freddie are going to go into their playoff starts on slightly Four less days rest, rest yeah than they usually would have um would you have just gone ahead with that or would you have looked to manipulate that particularly with an off day i mean you could have said okay hauser you're gonna be a bullpen guy anyway like you are you are the fifth pitcher like it's would you have taken him out moved miley up moved corbin up moved woody and got everyone five days rest uh yeah. Have we seen an explanation on why it's not, they're not doing that? Okay, yeah. Right. I'd I would I I would wonder why they would not get 
the extra day there or what they what they can from what i read what they consider regular rest would be the five days right yes i mean all yeah. three of those guys have pitched on four days rest this season yeah um, although very very infrequently because the brewers do view five days is what they like to do so i that's a little unusual i would have just thought you do that, and then even with Miley, like, I I think you could have had, you could have moved everyone up, and you could have had a Hauser start, you could have had a bullpen start, whatever. I mean, you could have just found ways to do it. I yeah, guess a little surprising. Was, yeah, and even was, if you move Miley up, and if, let's say, they clinch tonight, then you would have had the option of, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I hope that doesn't come back to be something we talk about, but it seems like a, certainly an interesting choice that they have leaned that way for the playoffs, having very much been in like a preferred rhythm throughout the year. Yeah, definitely something to think about as we're as we're watching them in these wild card games. But like you said, in a traditional Major League Baseball sense, that's been considered regular rest since uh, the dinosaurs were on the earth. Um but yeah, I guess they also probably didn't want to give guys like skip a start and give them just like extra rest. They're probably worried about the rust factor there. So lots to consider. Um, Master Brewer leaderboard before we get to the look ahead that we've already kind of touched on through 156 games. Carlos Santana gets a beer. Christian Yelich gets a beer. William Contreras, Bryce Serang, Blake Perkins, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez for his sterling work on the bump. Andrew Chafin, Hobie Miller, and J.B. Bukowskis. Leaderboard through 156 games. William Contreras leads the way with 34. Devin Williams with 33. Christian Yelich with 27. Willie Adamas with 25. Yoel Piamps, Corbin Burns, and Hobie Miller at 24. GSBN.substack, um, where you can get an update via email. Also, Jordan Tresky has been just uh, dipping his pen in the ink frequently this weekend, writing about the Green Bay Packers who are off to a two and one start. So uh gspn.substack you can get that. And you know, may- maybe in the off season I write about whatever. Rank my favorite food by city, Corbin Burge trade uh possibilities, things of that nature. They are different. Coming articles, out for the by the way. Yeah, he's he's written too. You're not you're not oh, trading the, uh, Corbin Burns for Skyline oh, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You're correct. There will be separate articles. I thought you meant that uh, Jordan's articles were separate articles because he, he has written two, which is uh, in the same weekend, brings us back to our blogger days and kind of uh, gave us a little PTSD. Um, actually, two in a weekend would have been a godsend back in those days. Um, Brewers finish out their season with six home games this week, first of which is tonight, Tuesday, September 26th, 640 Central Start. Adrian Hauser, as you noted, on the mound against Zach Thompson. Uh, Wednesday, September 27th, 6.40 Central, Wade Miley against Miles Michaelis. And then they'll finish off the Cardinals Thursday, September 28th, 3.10 Central start, Corbin Burns against Dakota Hudson. Then three against the Cubs, and we hope these games are meaningless as early as tonight. Adrian Hauser, go out, get it done, offense explodes, and the Brewers get to celebrate uh, in the clubhouse post-game in a much more raucous way than they got to in Miami. Yeah, I mean, here's hoping. Um, don't make us wait any longer. Don't let the, the Cubs get any more wins. 
Um, I also just don't want the Cardinals get any wins ever. So now is the time to really put this thing to bed and get the celebrations underway. Rub the Cardinals' nose in it. They should have been in the mix for this, and they've had a disastrous season. So make them watch the Brewers celebrate clinching a division title. Uh, make the Cubs. Can we do? I I know this stuff does not happen in American sports. I really wish it did. We need like the Premier League esque, you know. Um, oh, what's the guard of honor? That's what I'm looking for. I need a. I need the Cubs to give the Brewers a guard of honor as NL Central champions going into the final series of the season. Can we get this going? I'll put in a call, see what I can do there, Adam. Uh, I think that'd be great. Uh, just, you know, show respect to the division champs, I think. It's, yeah, it's important. Cardinals can get it started. I mean, let's, they can, for game two, they can welcome uh, the Brewers onto the field like that. Uh, let's hope Let's hope we have it tied up and that's the kind of fun of games we're, we're joking about. Let's, uh, let's lock in on the wild card race for a moment because things are still bunched up. You got the Phillies who are secure in their wild card lead in 87 and 69 diamondbacks and cubs tied at 82 and 74 marlins 81 and 75 a game back of those two and the reds 80 and 77 two and a half games back so the cubs facing the uh baseball's best team in the braves um as they try and stay afloat in both races really just a wild card race um very precarious spot for them against the team that's already won a hundred games and whose offense uh, can be relentless, although they are dealing with some adversity on the mound, um, which is another kind of wrench into this playoff discussion. Um, if we're getting snakes, uh, brewers in the NLCS, Adam, because the Dodgers and Braves rotations fell apart. I don't think either of us would, uh, reject that uh, reality if we're living in it. Um, that's one thing I'll say. Um, but yeah, the Cubs have three on the road in Atlanta. Um, so tough task for them. Hopefully the Brewers win, C- Cubs lose, whatever it may be. And uh, I'll uh, I'll pop the champagne here as well to celebrate. I, I do have one thing. I don't, did you see, um, you probably didn't, because I think it was this morning. Yeah, it was this morning I posted. Did you see Bradford Doolittle's um, ranking of World Series contenders who most need to win now on ESPN today? Is this? Uh, like in the sense that, that you better win this season because your window's closing? It's it's urgency. It, there's a point system device to rank the urgency for teams to win a World Series this year. Okay. Do you want to guess uh, where the Brewers fall in this list? Yeah. Can I do a... Can I do like a top three? Oh, sure. Um, a number three. Number three, I'll do the... Oh, hold on. I'm going to get there. My brain. <laughs> uh, number three, the Phillies. Um, uh, no, I'm scrolling to find where the Phillies are. The Phillies are 13. Oh, wow. Um, go on, just keep going. Number two, this, this number could be two, hilariously awful around. Look, it sounds like it's gonna be number two, the Mariners. The Mariners retreat. Okay, number one, the Brewers. The Brewers are one. That's what I figured. I knew the that Texas, I was confident. Texas in that. Rangers are number two. Uh, but 
the Brewers are number one, and there is not a single mention of Corbin Burns, which would be one of the reasons I would put the Brewers at one, but they are number one because of Craig Council. That's that's the essential driver of what uh, Bradford Doolittle has put together here. I didn't get to read because I was reading it on the pod of the exact the urgency factor system and how that was devised, but the Brewers have... 299 pressure points, Andrew, and they are number one. So we could just, you know, we could take this for whatever we want it to be. But uh, I don't I don't think entirely, like, unfair. Like, the Brewers should probably try to win now. But then they also do have Jackson Churio coming, and, you know, that's maybe something to factor in, too. I'm, I'm with them winning now. How about that? That would be nice. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I I see that he gave them points, but also it seems like he stacked ranked these teams just based on teams that have never won a World Series. So it's that's obviously something that factors into um the urgency on this because even as you go down, it's like, oh, teams who haven't won the title in like twenty or thirty years. See, so, I forgot I forgot that uh the model the nice, model nice could now, be terrible. So. <laughs> Uh, is anything like the league pass rankings? Yeah. All right. I agree with his ultimate result. I, I agree too. I, I haven't dived into I Listen, I'm sure I will hear about him bringing this up because others will dive into the methodology and I couldn't. But I think Breeders on one is not entirely inaccurate. I also don't, I don't think that this is like, oh, you're about to enter into a period of darkness they're not going and, to the wilderness you know, right right i'm not worried about that but like Ka- corbin's trade seemingly being inevitable and council potentially no well we haven't gotten into this but you and i both think he's coming back now um so mm-hmm. that's one thing but that's a conversation for another day but those two things kind of hanging over a postseason i think definitely create a sense of urgency it's like not a last hurrah but like a a last chance at it with Corbin Woody and Freddie leading the rotation if one of those is gone next year it is not the next not the end of an era but a different era Uh, so that would technically make that an end of an era but still (laughs) and you know if if I think where we're both leaning now we will talk about another time proves to be true and Craig is going to come back wouldn't be opposed to uh, both sides just, you know, hammering that out and announcing that before the playoffs might be a good idea. So it's not the thing hanging over the Brewers and the players every time a game is lost or, you know, you know, not only are you facing an elimination, but this could be your last game of Craig Council as manager. If we just want to, like, eliminate that stuff, um, that, that would be good. I don't know, Adam. I'm kind of imagining him, do- him doing the Wolf of Wall Street thing at the World Series parade. <laughs> so that's what I'm looking for. I wouldn't say no to it. I I could definitely get on board with Craig, you know, thumping his chest and I'm gonna be just like shotgunning beers at my own home watching the parade on TV during a Zoom, just so oh, fired man. up. Oh. What a lie that is. In your own home, that's where you'll be watching the parade. They know you better than this, Andrew. <laughs> um all right. That does it for this episode. Um if you want to meet Andrew at the parade, you know, just reach out to us and we'll set that up further down the line. In the time being, subscribe to the pod so you never miss an episode that's cruising for bruising. 
You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. We got the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to all things Milwaukee books. We got Talk of the Tundra for everything Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Numak and Jordan are very, very excited. They're ready to carry you through this Packers season. And it, I think it's safe to say their hopes are still quite high. And we got make time for this for all things pop culture from Andrew and I. We have an episode in a couple of weeks. We need to get on that. Um, don't ask me what it's going to be on, but we'll have one this week, I think. So, uh, you know, w- watch out for that, I guess, with all that certainty I've just given you. Make sure you subscribe. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>